Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Welcome to another episode of the SD4L show. I'm Justin Thin. I'm here with my caffeinated co-host. We're back. We're so Matt back. Sheehan. Matt, how you doing today? Just absolutely sensational, Justin. How on earth are you doing? No, no one ever asked Justin how he's doing. How are you doing, man? I believe you ask every week. Well, it's just once a week then. Uh, yeah. but how's <laughs> your last it, six-ish days have been good, though? It's been good. Okay. It's, um, it's good. It's one of the best weeks of the year. We are yeah. um, 48 hours away. Exactly. Yeah. From the start of the NFL draft, the greatest three-day event in the history of the world. I don't know what other three-day events there are in the world. but I got one for you. How about the three days leading up to the draft? Oh, even All better. the ridiculous rumors, all the lies, or especially like within the 24 hours yep. of the draft, all the leaks that happen. Like, oh, yeah, this guy beat up this person's grandmother at Thanksgiving <laughs> dinner. It's like, oh, my God, he just fell out of the first round. Dude, the, I think the three days leading up to the draft are the best because you – and everyone gets to be an expert too. Right. Everyone just gets to speculate. Everyone gets to like make their own mock drafts. It's yeah. almost like making a bracket, but like really you don't really bet on it. So you're truly losing nothing. And you get to say, hey, I called it when you know your team lands whoever at pick eleven or whatever. And <laughs> if they don't, then no one's gonna ask you. It's not yeah. like a bracket after all. So you know what, great. Matt? That right there is why it doesn't matter what predictions anyone has for the draft in the first like two days of the draft. It's great. Real ball knowers, they have to be able to yeah. hit on their teams fourth and fifth and sixth and seventh round picks. That's true. That's true. That's that that is you you should get a certificate in the mail from right. the ball knowing committee if yes. you are banging out a mock draft that yep. goes into day three. A hundred percent. Yeah. Trophy from the committee for validation. One one hundred trillion percent. A hundred percent. We gonna hear any Spartan names, you think? Yeah, I believe so. Well, we should talk about it, shouldn't we? Sounds like a good idea. Let's go. Let's get it popping. So it seems like from looking around at all the various mocks, um, there are two Spartans that should be um, bona fide draft selections this year. Um, really no question about it. And those are Jaden Reed and Bryce Berenger. Jaden Reed in a lot of mocks in that third round range. Yep. Bryce Berenger anywhere from late fourth to seventh. Um, sure. I think uh, Dane Brugler from The Athletic, he's kind of the, the draft analyst that I gravitate to towards the most. He has uh, Jaden Reed 80th, so squarely in the third round. Um, and then Bryce Maringer, 210th. Okay. I believe that is sixth round? Yes, that would be. Something like I'll that. I'll take your word for it. If yeah. we say it with enough confidence. We could divide yes. it by 32. And, <laughs> sure. But then there's, eh, comp there's right, compensation. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah All right. Thing. Well, either way. Day three pick. So, yeah, 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 that's about right. There we and, go. And, um, yeah, there's not really any question about those two getting drafted. Um, Matt, sounds like you have looked at tons of seventh round mocks. Seventh round mocks of... Guys right. who might else I've also I've burned up there? a lot of time 
on billable hours looking this mm. up today. Uh, yes. Best uh, kind of hours. No one tell my boss. Uh, so, no, this was uh, <laughs> seven mock drafts that I looked at. And actually, if I can count correctly, check that six mock drafts. Mm. I looked at seven round mock drafts. That's where I got the seven from. But, yes. Jaden Reed, he went a perfect six for six in all of these mock drafts, just like you talked about, Dane Brugler of right. The Athletic. All right, 93 to Carolina. That's the highest that any mock draft that I saw has him going. That's in the third round. Sporting News also has him in the third round to the 49ers. NFL.com, 110 to the Falcons. CBS, 123 to the Seahawks. Walter Football, 131 to the Bengals. And then Pro Football Focus, 133 to the Bears. Those last four I just named all in the fourth round. Now, Bryce Berenger. That's right. The Athletic. Pick 191. That's round number six to the Rams. And then Sporting News had him at 213 to the Cardinals. Those are the only two of the six that I saw that have Bryce Berenger. So the other the other four publications might lack knowing of Ball, that I think, is because he is going to be, I, from everyone that I've read and talked to, is going to be the number one punter off the board here. Um, now, with that said, there are three other Spartans that right. popped up on mock drafts. Jacob Slade. He showed up in two of them. Pro okay. Football Focus has him at pick 153 to the Bucks. That's in the fifth round. 153. For Jacob Slate, a guy that did not get an NFL Combine invite, but uh, also CBS 241. That is a late seventh round pick to the Steelers. Ben Van Sumeren also got a uh, selection for the late seventh round to the 49ers. And then Xavier Henderson, also CBS, threw him some love. 247 to the 49ers. So one of the last comp picks in the seventh round there. So... I mean, of course, uh, that doesn't really mean a surefire thing, but of uh, these six yeah. mock drafts, I mean, there are five Spartans named. Reed showed up in every single one of them, and yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. I, I swear I'm not being a homer here. I, I would assume Bryce Barringer is right. drafted. I yeah, mean, with, with yeah. Bryce, he is the punter one, P1, I yeah. guess, the designation. That's usually, in most years, uh, a fifth, sometimes a sixth kind of a realm. Last year, we saw two guys go in the fourth, actually, with Jordan Stout from Penn State and Jake Camarda from Georgia. Yep. Um, so it, it it could be anywhere from that four to seven range. Probably not four this year, but uh, Bryce is a guy that has pretty much consensus belief around him that he's the best punter in college football. Mm -hmm. So it would be stunning to see him not get drafted as well. And speaking of Ben Van Sumeran, uh, Daniel Jeremiah, uh, a few days ago, he kind of shared a sentiment on a podcast of his. Uh, Matt Wenzel tweeted out kind of um, a blurb from Daniel Jeremiah's full statement, and it reads as, quote, he had an unbelievable kind of all-time pro day. Yes. He's very much, yeah, he's very much going to get drafted. He'll go somewhere late on day three, but his workout was enough to get him picked. So DJ does not put out a seven round mock draft. So there's not an actual data point to go into the collection of data that you had. Mm -hmm. However, verbally, he has him also getting drafted. I got the numbers too from that pro day mm -hmm. they had at MSU. 42 and a half inch vertical and 10 foot 11 inch broad jump. Okay, if he was at the NFL Combine, that would have been, you know, not just amongst the best of the linebackers. That would be the best in those two categories. And then also 29 bench uh, reps and then a 4.4040. Those two would have been second fastest amongst all linebackers. So yeah, when he's saying that he had an all time pro day, no hyperbole, no exaggeration yeah. there. Like he showed out at MSU's pro day. So right. um, yeah, there's going to be at least one front office out there, at least one coaching staff out there that looks at all those numbers and thinks to themselves like, I'm going to break that horse. Yeah. I'm going to make him into this great NFL yeah. player. So yeah. And, and those numbers, um, not sure about the broad and the bench press, but Nolan Smith, who some yeah. haven't mocked at 10 to the Eagles. Um, everyone pretty much has him in the teens. 
he ran a 4.3940, and that's pretty much the main data point that's behind. <laughs> behind, yeah, for as as an edge rusher, just like Ben, and he's in that mocked in that range. Yeah. So obviously Ben Van Sumer doesn't have a lot of what Nolan Smith has. Sure, but to the point that you're making, that should definitely be enough to at least get him drafted. If someone like Nolan Smith, that is a primary data point that has him going tenth with very little production on a high snap count. So yeah. A lot of these, a lot of these teams, they put a ton of weight into these kind of testing metrics, and he had as good of a testing kind of a day at his MSU pro day for sure. Whether that means hey, backup <laughs> linebacker duty uh, in his first year should yeah. he make the NFL, or even just special teams right. like you talked last week that how incredible of careers some guys and some very niche guys in the league mm-hmm. can make. I mean, you know, before you even know it, sticking around the league for like eight or nine years, which is triple the average length of an NFL career. So there's absolutely a spot for Ben Van Sumeren in the league with yeah. all those metrics should he land at the right spot. That is what a lot of it is, landing yeah. at the right spot as well. Um, do you mind if I rewind a little bit here? Yes, Talk about the, the man of probably the hour on maybe later on Friday, maybe in that late third round Friday, right. but early on Saturday, Jaden Reed. Of course, we all know Jaden Reed. He's great. You know, I think the world of him, this man is always open. If Peyton Thorne is ever in trouble, whoop! Please, Jaden, catch that ball, and most of the time he did. Also, great return, man. Yeah. It's just fascinating, though, with this crop of receivers going into this draft. I feel like there's so many guys that have, like, the same body type, the mm. same skill set, and everything. So, like, that is going to just be fascinating where he's going to go from late third round to, like, early fifth round. I don't know. But, like, is, is there anyone in the NFL that, like, you have a comp for him? Because if I'm putting you on the spot, which I am, I got one at the top of my head. And like, I want to you go first. Here. No, this is a this is a hometown pick right here. I, I'm I'm going to throw out someone on my Lions. Amon Ross St. Brown? Am I crazy with that? Like same build. They had the same numbers at the NFL Combine. Of course, you know, uh, Amon Ra doesn't do much of the return game stuff, but like guys that are just, you know, a little undersized, you know, day three picks, round four picks that just always seem to get open, strong work ethic, the full nine yards. So that's, yeah. I don't know. That's, that's I didn't watch. Uh, I didn't watch St. Brown's USC tape and kind of what he was as yeah. a prospect there. But I think the the trajectory, that third fourth guy that had mm-hmm. a lot of production, but for some reason was boxed into that day two, day three kind of a mold, and that comes in and immediately produces, and everyone's thinking, hmm, why didn't we have him going higher? I think that trajectory definitely is a good comparison. Yeah. Um, in terms of kind of what the experts are saying. Um, I took note of what Dan Brugler at The Athletic kind of wrote about Jaden when um, he put him in his mock draft. Or actually, I should say his big board. His sure. big board had him 80. I believe he said in the mock he was early uh, 90s. 93. 93, yeah. 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 Um, and obviously that discrepancy is because a lot of offensive tackles and edge rushers sure. get slotted above where they should be going yeah. um, in, in the mock, but not in the big board. So um, here's what Dane had to say about Jaden Reed. <clears throat> Reed has outstanding foot quickness and skillfully throttles his route speed to separate from coverage despite dropping too many easy ones his focus is heightened on contested windows and he shows a knack for timing his leaps and snatching the football off the helmets of defensive backs overall reed may have a tougher time overcoming his his slight size versus nfl defensive backs but his speed route tempo and downfield ball skills are the ingredients of potential nfl playmaker with a few technical tweaks to his game, he has NFL starting ability, slot and outside, and adds value as a return man. See? You have those yeah. boxes that you're checking, outside and inside. That's huge when it comes to drafting a receiver early in the draft because teams don't want to be boxed into a guy only playing in the slot or only sure. playing on the outside. Yeah. Especially some of these better teams early in rounds where they have multiple needs and they don't want a guy that's only checking one of them. So that's huge. 
return game a lot of teams value that once you start getting into that day three type of route yeah um the main knock that was right there was a few of the easy balls were dropped that's something that teams are willing to gamble on and they're going to say that over time with increased concentration that can be overcame but catching the contested ones having the foot quickness those are skills that you kind of have to be a different receiver for and he has though so it'll be interesting to see to see what he can do there yeah, and also like speaking of interesting, I, I you know with a capital I, Pro Football Focus having Jacob Slade going into the fifth round. Yeah, that was interesting to me because like I, hey, I think very highly of Jacob Slade. I loved watching him at Michigan State, but yeah, like it's either the other one was CBS had him going in the seventh round or every other mock draft I saw didn't have him going anywhere. Yeah, undrafted free agent. I assumed that he could be a priority undrafted right. free agent. There's no doubt about that. But all the way up to the fifth round, but. Hopefully someone sees the vision here, what Jacob Slade yeah. can do, you know, whether it's that three technique, five technique position, Definitely. you know, just yeah. a little and, bit of And a general note in terms of, like, priority free agents versus being a late seventh, I know when Michigan State's draft streak was yeah. hanging in the balance, that was a year where people were rooting for somebody to be taken in the late seventh. Yep. But typically, you almost prefer your players to not be taken late in the seventh round. You rather have them pick from a depth chart or a infrastructure or franchise that they think they have a better chance of sticking on the roster of. Yep. So as you start to get into like the final 10, 15, 20 picks, it's almost better that those players and their agents are on the phones behind the scenes with a team setting up a prearranged agreement because that's how these things works. When the draft ends and immediately you see all these reports on Twitter of this UDFA and that UDFA sign, they don't start those then. They start those in the seventh round and the agents are kind of saying, hey, if we don't get drafted, will you want to sign my client? And those are all set up behind the scenes. So that is a much more preferred path for some of these guys like Slade and, and Ben Van Sumer yeah. and, and these guys. So um, obviously if they get drafted like in the fifth round, um, like fun. that one, that's that six also works that's great. early seventh sure. as well. But yeah. late in that 10-15, it's fine if, if they don't yeah. get picked. You oh. do the selecting, not right. the other way around. Yeah. That's right. You spin the draft on its head <laughs> and you are the one drafting a team, not the other way around. So uh, speaking of undrafted free agents, I know you got a few names jotted down here. Um, do you want me to hijack that or do you just yes, want to? Yes, please uh, hijack. Okay. That's a lot of pressure here. Uh, Daniel Barker, you know, yes. that, that goes without saying that he's a name that's probably going to be uh, selected early after the draft wraps up. He's going to be one of those early reports, yes. I believe, from drafted free agents. Uh, Jared Horst on there as well. Um, and if I'm missing anyone, uh, please uh, yeah. embarrass me and I, call yeah, me out on I, that. I, no, know? definitely. That, that, that sums it up. I, I think Jared Broussard is somewhere in there, but that's not as much of a UDFA. That might be more of a camp body sort of a sure. scenario. Yeah. Same with Horst. I think um, if you're kind of putting it in tiers of that, uh, undrafted category there's the Xavier Henderson the Jarrett Horst the Jarek Broussard types that are not showing up in the in the big board um, top 300 kind mm -hmm. of big board range um, Kendall Brooks also in that range so like those are some guys that they will probably make um, a 90-man roster but they'll probably be in that first cut sort of range and unless they really surprise but then there's that UDFA range that we're talking about with Ben Van Sumer and Jacob Slade. Those guys are going to be the calls right after the draft. So all, pretty much all these guys that played at Michigan State this past year that are leaving, all of them should at least be camp bodies. But I think Daniel Barker is where you draw the line of these are going to be the guys that are the UDFAs that, that might go quickly in the next day or two after the draft.
And you can still make a fine career as a UDFA. Yeah. I mean, just because you're UDFA doesn't mean it's all over. Like, look at Andrew Dowell for mm-hmm. the Saints. I mean, he's going on – God, I've lost track of how long he's been in the league for. Yeah, Three, I, four I years. Too. I mean, it's it's been so – Resigned again this past season. Resigned again, so look at him go. Yeah, so that's uh, and, uh, not the end-all be-all. And Reed Blankenship from Middle Tennessee State, UDFA last year, started in the Super Bowl for the Eagles on a very healthy unit. Okay. And um, it's, it's what you make of it. Can happen. Should we go one draft to another? Let's go to the other draft. Just on Sunday night, that was the deadline where everyone can put their name in for the NBA draft. And Michigan State, just one kid, just Jaden Akins. Or was it just (laughs) one player? As it broke late on Tuesday, a man by the name of A.J. Hogarth slipped his name in. That's right, no statement. No statement from Izzo, no statement from A.J. Hogarth when this happened on Sunday night. But yeah, they just... Slid that under the door as the deadline was closing. And yeah, A.J. Hogard is also in the NBA draft. Came out with a statement on Wednesday. Long story short, hey, love Michigan State. It's been a great time here. Right. I'm also keeping my eligibility, though, just yes. like Jaden Akins. Um, DEFCON-like, DEFCON 2, should we be panicking? Should I be, like, liquidating all my assets? Should I be in the bunker right now how much should we panic (laughs) that these guys are in the nba draft justin yeah so uh with the two statements that you saw there um akins and hogard they had different tones in their statement akins was a lot more of talking about how special msu can be next year hogard's was more of just the copy and paste what you see pretty much everybody post out there so if a a fan saw Jaden akins's and thought that's what all the statements should look like then they saw aj's that person might be panicking but really, both of them are, are – there's not really anything notable for me there. Um, Aikens was was abnormal in terms of how pro-MSU it was. Hogarth's was just standard. It wasn't anything alarming. That was just how all of them are pretty much written as they talk about the NBA as this ultimate prize, and that's mm-hmm. what most of the content in the statement is about, and, and that's what it is, and they say they're maintaining eligibility. So from the statements, no, there's not really anything there notable to me um, in terms of being alarmed. In terms of um, actual draft stock, I think uh, someone like Jaden Akins um, with his shooting percentage, um, and if an NFL team has the NBA team has the confidence to say, hey, you can be projected to be more of a ball handler, we can project those skills upon you, and we think you can be a good shooting guard, you might be a late second or a UDFA type of guy. I can see him maybe going, but right now I'm thinking both of those guys are probably coming back. AJ, I, I would be surprised if there's any sort of um, dialogue there beyond just, hey, these are some things you can work on. Good luck at Michigan State again. So that's kind of how I look at it. What yeah. about you, Matt? Oh, I, yeah, I, I, just going along with that, the big thing to keep our eyes on is that NBA combine invite. Right. I mean, Max Christie got his last year. I believe there was 64. I, I might be on or off by a few numbers there, but it's – right. You know, it, it, there's a lot of kids that get invited, but if you're not invited to that, like, I, I think more times than not, a lot more times than not, it's probably a good idea to just go back to college, you know, learn under the tutelage of a Hall of Fame head coach, uh, which East Lansing has one of those, so <laughs> that, that could help here. Of course, uh, there is that two-day G League uh, camp as well. We'll see if uh, anything comes to that, if that sways anyone's mind. But, yeah, that's mid-May, and then at the very end of the month, May 30th, is when these guys have yeah. to... Uh, pull their names out and then return back to college, hopefully. So fingers crossed there. But yeah, no, you're bang on with the the statements. I mean, yeah. Aikens uh, showed a lot of, and I, you know what? The other psychological thing with Aikens too. I think in the back of our a lot of our heads was like he could also transfer. Right. Like, oh man. So the fact that he was just like so pro MSU, like that was a massive sorry. Yeah. Really. It's like, oh, thank God. Okay. Okay. It looks like it's all going to be okay. Either the NBA or just MSU. Whereas right. like. 
AJ Hogarth, like, yeah, it, it looked like he just went onto chat GPT or whatever and just said, like, write me, uh, I'm going to the draft and maintaining eligibility announcement, and this yeah. is just what it spat out. Like, right. it's, yeah, like, I, I, got, I, I can't lie. I was a little freaked out when I first read the message. I'm like, oh, my God, like, he had a good time at Michigan State. He, oh, my God, is a, is a good, is, and, then, and then I read it twice. And then the second yeah. time I was like, "Oh, this is what a this is what a normal rational person should be right. reading it like." And so, I, yeah, <laughs> I think it's gonna be okay. With that said, love the jinx things all the time, every day. Let's say AJ Hogard leaves Justin, Defcon three, Defcon two. Like, what what are, what are we looking at here now? Is it is it panic button? Should we be preparing for the NIT next season? That is a good question, Matt. Thank you. I think um, the NIT will be reserved for a different team in the state of Michigan. But I think um, in terms of the Michigan State rotation, um, Jeremy Fears, I think, would slide in into that starting point guard role. I think he would play less minutes per game, obviously, than AJ did this past season. So a lot of those minutes uh, in relief will be shifted to Tyson probably being the primary point guard on the floor. Jaden Akins would then get the ability to have more of that ball handling kind of responsibility that we know he likes. So I think that's kind of what you would see is fears would come in and take a good amount of Hogarth's minutes, uh, but not as much. Obviously he's a true freshman starting in the big 10. Yeah. Um, and it might not be smooth sailing at first, but I think by the time March comes around, shouldn't be too much of an issue. I don't think that impacts MSU's ceiling a ton. I do think the floor is a little lower just because you might lose some early season games mm-hmm. and your seating might be lower. Um, but I think the ceiling is still the ceiling. Your, your best players are going to be Akins and uh, Walker in that scenario. Um, you're going to have a five-star in Xavier Booker, a returning fifth-year in Malik Hall. You're going to have more depth than you've ever had. Um, I think the team is still going to be a top six-ish team either way. Okay. Um, now, if you look at the other scenario of Akins leaves, AJ comes back, I think um, – this team is going to be more stable than some are thinking because Cohen Carr is going to provide um, a very different element um, that Michigan State doesn't have right now that even Aikens can't provide. However, uh, the increased stability I'm talking about is the flow of the offense, the ball in your senior point guard's hands. I think that's kind of going to be more of a – a more of a solid factor of you know what you're getting from your team every single day as opposed to true freshman like fierce having all those minutes shooting though would be a concern in that scenario so that is where part of me would kind of say hey on a random march 23rd thursday night sweet 16 game tyson walker is really your only real reliable three-point shooter could you have an early exit because akins didn't come back that's where i think the ceiling could be a little lower um but all in all, the team losing one out of these two guys shouldn't change a ton. But there are some variables there in terms of what each of them bring. No, that's well said. Because, like, hey, uh, Jaden, you're listening. AJ never misses a show. Let, <laughs> let's not get that twist. Please come back. I'm begging you to come back. You'd make a lot of people happy if you came back. With that said, though, like the, the plan B, if either should leave, like it is a lot better here than it would be in a lot of other circumstances right. and a lot of other programs. Like You lose a senior point guard, like, holy crap, that could decimate yeah. a season. But the fact that you could back it up with, um, you know, Trey Holloman, you know, he yeah. showed some good flashes last year. Or, you know, the McDonald's All-American point guard. <laughs> okay, like there will be a drop-off. Let's not get it twisted here, but like it might not be right. as steep as it could be yeah same goes with Aikens too with Cohen Carr spelling him everything like that so but again I want to hammer this into the ground please (laughs) please come back please thank you all right thanks all right
Yeah, yeah. sounds good. Just had to get that out there. Yeah. <laughs> if they come back, we credit you. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Finally do one thing right around here. All right, there we go, baby. Uh, not not the only basketball note that right. we're going to talk about here because there was some big, massive, earth-shattering news coming from the Big Ten offices. Hey, we got opponents next year. It's not a schedule next year for the 2023-24 uh, season, but I, yeah, I got to give a massive, massive shout-out to the creative team at Michigan State Basketball because this is just such a simple and clean edit. You see a lot of teams put way too much dip on their chip with just these simple graphics, but like even a, even an, an idiot like me can read yeah. this with no confusion like this is all great so yeah. as you can see on your screen ladies and gentlemen or if you're just listening the home only games we're going to face these teams just once but it's going to be our present center it's iowa it's ohio state it's Rutgers, and then the away only yes we face these three teams just once and it's going to be at their home gym uh-oh it's Mackey arena and purdue it's assembly hall in indiana and it's whatever nebraska calls their stadium next year and well nebraska uh and then the home and homes maryland minnesota northwestern michigan illinois penn state and on wisconsin so there you have it let's start with the good news jt what do you like about that when you see that what, yes. what's, what's putting a, a smile on that face of yours i think it's the fact that michigan state doesn't have to go to the rack okay and I think it's also that Michigan State doesn't have to go to the house that Joey Brunk built. Um, oh, wow. So, yeah. Yeah. So no more standing ovations because the sixth year <laughs> grad transfer redshirt walk on is dominating in the second half. So um, I guess Carver Hawkeye, just because Fran McCaffrey seems to yell a little extra when he's over there. So those three being the home onlys, I think, is, is, a, is a good sign for sure. My favorite is that third one you mentioned, Iowa. After what <laughs> happened last year, like I, I can go until like 2031 without stepping foot inside of there. Um, look, I know the rest of the season like was fine. You know, in the grand scheme of things, it didn't cost us a whole lot. But like that's that loss is still is still living rent free inside my head. Um, but yeah, so I, I, it goes without saying that. Look, there might be some things that we we don't like and no one in the big 10 is getting like a perfect schedule handed to them right like everyone's gonna have something to complain about and right. that's what we're here for to complain a little bit um just playing purdue once is just a right. bummer on the surface right i mean because they're gonna be the second best team in the big 10 behind michigan state the fact that that one time is that a place msu has not won at since 2014 makes me sad makes me angry makes me scared I'm not going to lie. I'm scared of Mackey Arena. That's a loud place. That is mm -hmm. MSU's personal house of horrors, man. I mean, so it's that. And then also, look, Indiana, they'll be okay next year. I actually picked that Joe Lenardi's bracketology because oh, wow. what person doesn't do that in late April? Uh, he has Indiana as the first team out. So they're not going to be, as it stands right now, an extraordinary team. Of course, there's still transfer portal stuff to go through and all that good stuff. Yeah, but more like, guys for them to miss on that they were supposed to land. That's the thing. Yeah, they are swinging and they are missing. They are Javi Baez of the Big Ten. That's right. You like that? Um, so, but with that said, even a mediocre Indiana team inside right. the walls of assembly hall like i'm not, I'm not all too thrilled about that either but that's really all that i gotta complain about yeah. nebraska they'll be fine next year they could be a sneaky ncaa tournament team next year but look i mean we just faced them on their senior day spotting them 12 points at halftime and had no problem there so you're gonna have to really prove it to me why i should be scared of you nebraska right. i just don't have it in me right now so yeah that's, that's no that's fair where i'm at yeah yeah as much as we like big red fred i think it's premature to be i trembling. do like nebraska i do like them i, yeah. just, I just don't really respect them. right yeah. <laughs> yeah they're not they're not lethal enough to be trembling over them in late yeah. april right yeah. i'm rooting for them you know? yeah. yeah but no it'll be an interesting season i think um 
you can't really give any record predictions or, or anything like that but just giving this a quick once over it's the at purdue game is scary and other than that maybe at indiana and then i'm sure you're gonna drop a gimme or two but i don't see how 16 and 4 or better isn't the immediate takeaway here i guess yeah i mean especially when you look at two games against minnesota two games against northwestern two games right. against michigan two games against penn state like that this isn't just me putting on my troll hat and saying like oh these teams suck like no, the, the metrics say yes. that those are the bottom four Big Ten teams. Again, as it stands right now, there's a lot of offseason left to go, but the fact that you get those four teams twice, I mean, and none of those guys necessarily have, you know, decimating home court advantage at their place like Minnesota. I, yeah, the barn's quirky. Mm -hmm. You can win there. Uh, Northwestern, you can win there. Michigan, I go ahead and clip this and have it as a receipt if things go south, but, like, you can win there. Uh, and, uh, look, Penn State is just Penn State. I look, there's more people in the studio right now than there are at Penn State home basketball games. So that more people saying. in the studio than they have on their roster right now as well. <laughs> that seems to be a problem. <laughs> We're getting a few good uh, guys though. They got they got Puff Johnson today. That's an all name team guy. Yeah. Johnson, I yeah. love that. Okay. Then they got Ace Baldwin two weeks ago. You're okay. You're making things up now. <laughs> this, these are all these are made up names. Now I feel like this is like a Jimmy Kimmel bit where you're just trying to pull a fast one on me, and it's working. But wow. only only guy they need now is Smoke Monday. Smoke Monday, sure. <laughs> Who, uh, Storm Duck, uh, where's he at? Is he Storm Duck committed today? Did he really to an SEC school? Okay. He's football, right? Yeah. Not important. Get, him, get him on the Penn State's basketball team. Not important. All right. There we go. Perfect. All right. Well, good luck to you. Uh, not Micah Shrewsbury. I got no idea who they're coaching. Mike Rhodes from VCU. I'll take your word. Oh, duh. Yeah. That's, sorry. That's on me. <laughs> Coach Rhodes, I apologize. That's, yeah. My, I, I, I went a little too far with the disrespect yeah, there. He's going to close this stream right now because you forgot yes. his name. <laughs> he's marking MSU on a big red circle on his calendar being like, just to mother after that guy we're gonna really turn the the jets on when we play the spartans um so yeah that's uh, that's your scheduling roundup well i scheduling kind of like there's no real hard dates for these games right. yet i mean it's it, it is yeah. what it is that's your somewhat loose schedule update as much excitement as there can be for basketball scheduling in late april right that's a good way to put it there we go nailed yeah. it nailed it um are you gonna take us to recruiting church right now that appears to be the plan please because i i i I need this in my life. Sounds like a plan. Do you have good news? Yeah. Thank Official God. visits are Thank coming you. next month. Okay. We are about 34, 35 days away from the start of that. The first visible weekend um, of June is obviously the first weekend, so that we're, that's looking at about June 2nd. Michigan State is starting to get some of these visits locked in, and we're starting to get them reported as well. One of the main names that kind of came to mind um, that we wanted to check in with after his unofficial visit. It was four-star linebacker from Cal Poly yeah. out in California. Top 150 kid offers from USC, Oregon, Notre Dame, the whole slate basically, and that is Dylan Williams. He locked in his Michigan State visit as his first official visit okay. out of any of them. And he spoke very, very glowingly in his post-visit quotes, talked about how he was surprised by how much he liked Michigan State and how he was guaranteed to come back. And then he soon after went ahead and did schedule that visit. So that is a top target that we're all looking at right about now. Then the other name that was added two or three days ago, um, that is a new offeree, Sayer Torrance. Okay. He's not ranked ridiculously high. I think he is an 86 or an 87, so nothing nothing uh, too bad. But 
He's a guy that Jim Salgado, the new corners coach, went and saw on his first day on the road and offered him while being there. And you kind of look at his tape. This guy's recruited by some as a wide receiver, has great ball skills, hits people. He has great size, great measurables, toughness, explodes to the ball. He's a guy that kind of shows to, shows you, all right, Salgado knows what he's looking for in recruits. Mm-hmm. This is a guy that doesn't have many offers. He committed to Syracuse back in November. He's from New York. Gotcha. So nobody really recruited the kid after that. They thought, all right, it's a done deal. He's, he's staying home. That's the school. Sure. Salgado found this guy way after he had gotten his most recent offer, identified him, and offered him. So that's just a tiny, tiny takeaway that to me speaks a lot about what kind of a talent evaluator he is and how he goes about his work. So those are two official visits that we got confirmed here in the last few days. Tons more coming here in the next in the near future. But um, – I think it's going to be an interesting time this year. Last year, there was a lot of big fish. Um, I'm sure there will be some of those as well this year, but I think I'm starting to get a little more excited by the philosophy of the official visits this year in terms of it being a higher skew of those more feasible guys than last year. Um, And I don't blame them. They wanted to go ahead. They wanted to try to hit their home runs. They were coming off an 11-2 and season, so why not shoot for the moon? Yeah. And um, they did land a top 25 class because of that philosophy. Just didn't have as many of the depth guys towards the end of the class. And I think this year it's a more holistic approach. A lot of attainable attainable guys. And um, it's refreshing. And I'm excited to get these reported. And I'm excited to see who comes up in, in June. Are any of those attainable, gettable guys, in your opinion, out of Celine High School, four-star tight end Dylan Messman, who dropped his top five Earlier today, he said he's going to commit in 48 hours. That would be Friday, and it is going to be between the top five of Auburn, Ole Miss, Kentucky, Louisville, and Justin, you wouldn't believe it, Michigan State. They're in the top five as well. Uh, There's one crystal ball in for him right now. This would be from your colleague, Corey Robinson. This was made all the way back in August. Justin, do you have a pulse on this at all, or is this as good of a guess as anyone's? I think this is more murky than a lot of us had thought it would be at this point in time. a lot of the schools that Messman had visited throughout his recruitment are no longer in the picture. Got there it. seems to be a shifting of, I guess, priorities on, on his end okay. and from the schools' end. Michigan State has continued to recruit him. They've continued to host him. But it remains to be seen exactly, I guess, how many of the schools that are currently recruiting him are prioritizing him. And even to some extent, how much of it Michigan State is also kind of in that boat as well. Um, but I think right now with what we know 48 hours away, um, I think it's a scenario where if Michigan State does indeed want him and has indeed prioritized him, if that is to be the case, I think they are in the driver's seat there. So we're going to continue to keep digging over the next 48 hours, hitting all the different people that we can. I know myself and Corey are going to be digging into that as well, Alan True. So those are going to be um, – Kind of a uh, a refreshing sort of a a new recruitment where it's not a lock going into right. the final forty eight hours. So Odd. bizarre, yeah. Right. <laughs> so that'll that'll be interesting to see. So we'll have to see from Michigan State's end and from Messman's end, kind of what they what they think about that recruitment. Sure, there we go, and that wraps up Justin's recruiting roundup. Right, indeed it does. Okay, there we go. Perfect, <laughs> excellent. Are you ready to be put in the hot seat? Though? Actually, Matt. Oh, Coa Pete. Five-star offeree, basketball, down in Arizona. 
brother of Cassius Pete, who was at Michigan MSU State for legend. a couple of years. That's right. Yeah, yeah, back in the mid 2010s. Yep. Um, Michigan State and the staff was out in Arizona this whole week to um, obviously evaluate for the EYBL circuit, but also watching Matt Ishbia's sons. Sure. So um, no doubt that they probably stopped by Koa School. And um, he is the number three player in the entire nation in 2025. So God, awesome. it, is, <laughs> it, it is hard to overstate how talented he is. Oh, yeah. And Michigan State is going to be a big, big fixture in that recruitment. And he is quite the player. So, Excellent. Um, I love that Matt Ishbia bought the Phoenix Suns just to be close <laughs> to Koa Pete. That is, that is 8D backgammon right there. That, yeah. Everyone else is playing checkers. Not old Matt Ishbia. Mm-mm, no way. No sorry. So yeah. love that. Yeah. yeah. It's a good I, call. I, yeah, I think that better be Michigan State's main selling point is Ish chose the Suns because of you, Koa. Mm-hmm. God, how can you say no after that? Yeah. I agree. Just straight for the guilt trip. I like that. Pull out <laughs> all the stops for this number three kid in the nation for 2025. Love it. Absolutely love it. Do you know what else I love, Justin? Mm-hmm. Two are facts, one is whack. Mm. Two are facts, one is whack. Folks, if this is your first episode watching, well, welcome. You've uh, joined at a a pretty good show i think i think we're doing a decent job so far i would say so we'll see decent. i don't know we'll and for those that are joining yeah. now for the first time and they haven't seen uh, the segment before i'll let the record reflect i'm 12 and 0 <laughs> yep at, at this game <laughs> yep yep because it's easy i yeah. i give three statements two are facts one of them is whack and justin um i'm he, three and nine he that tries is his real, best that he, is the real record he tries his best so here we go are you ready to play two are facts one is whack i guess if i have to the theme for this week is Spartans in the NFL draft, Mr. Thin. Okay. So here we go. Statement number one. If Bryce Berenger gets drafted, it would break a 30-year punter draft route for MSU. Okay. If Bryce Berenger gets drafted, it would break a 30-year punter draft route for MSU. Statement number two. Since 2013, defensive back has been the most drafted position out of Michigan State. That would be the last 10 drafts. Also, I want to add this. Offensive linemen, all the same. So if you're a tackle or a center, okay. you're just all there. Defensive line, the same. Uh, defensive back, the same. So, like, we're not going to split hairs over, like, safety versus cornerback right. or defensive end versus tackle. So Makes sense. There you have it. So statement number two, since 2013, defensive back has been the most drafted position out of Michigan State. Statement number three, no one has drafted more MSU players than Minnesota and Pittsburgh in the last 10 drafts. That would be since 2013. Again, no one has drafted more MSU players than Minnesota and Pittsburgh in the last 10 drafts. Which one was whack of those three statements? Middle one's true. Uh, that was quick. Okay. Wow. Uh, there we go. I hope. Uh, we'll find out. But um, the last one's interesting because I believe Shakur Brown was drafted by Pittsburgh, but maybe he was drafted by somebody else, and then he signed with Pittsburgh. Or no, he was... Hmm. He was a UDFA, I believe. Hmm. Okay, I'm all screwed up on that one. But putting that oh, aside, no. oh, they no. got <laughs> Connor Hayward. They got Connor Hayward on the Steelers. Um, that was a draft pick. Sure. Um, that, was, that was a draft the, pick. Right. The Vikings had uh, Jalen Ayler. That was a draft pick. Sure. That, that was a draft pick. Obviously, Kirk started his career with the Commanders. Sure. Uh, so that does not count. It's very astute of you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Only real ball knowers remember that. Yeah, yes. Kirk Cousins football. Mm-hmm. TBKs know that. True ball knows. Yeah. You know it. Yep. That's it. <laughs> um, you know, the first one, I have no idea. So it's really just whether I believe the third to be true or not. Sure. And then the process of elimination will yeah. lead the third, it's the first one flip. to the answer. Yeah. Um, you got this. I'm 
thinking that I cannot name a team that has drafted two Spartans okay. in the last 10 years. Okay. So that kind of leads me to believe that... All right, so can you read the exact wording of the third one again? Yeah, of course. No one has drafted more MSU no players more. than Minnesota and Pittsburgh in the last 10 NFL drafts. No one has drafted more MSU players than Minnesota, home of the Vikings, and Pittsburgh, home of the Steelers, in the last 10 drafts. You got this. Which one was whack? I'm going to say that that one is whack, just because I don't know the number, but I'm guessing there has to be 18 that has drafted more than... Yeah, let's lock that in. <laughs> How sure are you about that? Do you want, do you want to unlock that, Gus? <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> God dang it. I root for you. You're, you're like Nebraska basketball, you know? Like, I want to see you lose, but like at the same time, I'm rooting for you. You know, like, I'm pulling for you. Statement number one was whack, Justin. This would not break a 30-year punter draft drought. In 2007, that's the last time a punter was drafted from Michigan State. It was Brandon Fields went to Miami in the seventh round, so that is not a 30-year uh, drought. The two that doesn't count. I was nine when that happened. It's not my fault you're nine. I'm just throwing <laughs> that out there. We were all nine at some point, and when we were all nine, we all knew who was punting for our college football team and whether they were drafted or not. Um the, the first true statement, since 2013, defensive back has been the most drafted position out of Michigan State. Do you have a guess how many defensive backs have been drafted in the last 10 drafts out of Michigan State? Do you have a guess? Because um, this surprised me, but it obviously makes sense after reading the names. Let's go with eight. Six, Ooh. which is still pretty good. Uh, Dark West Denard, Trey Waynes, Monte Nicholson, Justin Lane, Kari Willis, and Josiah Scott are the six defensive backs. There's been four defense, sorry, yeah, four defensive linemen, four offensive linemen, and four wide receivers uh, also in that same span as well. And then the last statement, no one has drafted more MSU players in Minnesota and Pittsburgh in the last 10 drafts. Both. Oh, I forgot Justin Lane. Yeah, both the Vikings and the Steelers have drafted three Spartans in the last 10 years. Minnesota drafted Trey Waynes, Kenny Willickis, Jalen Naylor, oh, Kenny. Pitt, Justin Lane, Connor Hayward, and then this just sneaks inside the 10-year window, oh, was, oh, Le'Veon Bell. Oh, that was Le'Veon 10 years Bell. ago? That was 10 years ago. That was... I, I would have thought that would just be outside the window, but no, he was that 2013 draft. So yeah, because that was I didn't say it out loud, but yeah. that was in my head. I immediately dismissed that. Like, that was too long ago. Yep. So I'm thinking post Le'Veon, how many people just got in there? Just got in there. So thank you very much. Good three sir. and ten. Yeah. Three and ten. Tanking for Victor W. You're due for uh, you're due <laughs> for a breakout. You're due for a breakout. Um, speaking of breaking out, you know who's been breaking out over in East Lansing. A lot of the fine players on the Michigan State mm. baseball team, but one of them is going to be our Spartan Dog of the Week, and it's not me. It's not you that's going to read it out. It's going to be our guy, the producer, the man that does it all. There look at is. that Look at that handsome face. Look at him. The hardest working man in East Lansing. Owen, really let's go. Is. Hardest working man in East Lansing. Yep. I tried, but, you know, um, you were you hit the, I guess, baseball right in the knob. Um, Brock Vredenberg is... <laughs> yeah, no. Brock Vredenberg has been unreal. Like I talked about uh, yesterday when I was play-by-play -play for MSU um, and uh, Notre Dame, which ultimately Michigan State was able to take that one. They were able to sweep Notre Dame as well. They only had a home-and-home -home against them, but a big victory that they needed. And then on Sunday, they also took down Michigan 12-2. So a couple of big victories there. But on Sunday as well, Brock Vredenberg had two home runs, five RBIs to put his now total at for the season – 
10 home runs, 50 RBIs. He's slugging 771. You look at the average, 431. Like, <laughs> If you don't know baseball, I'll I'll tell you That's right now, <laughs> it's a college season, so it's already short. Right. Uh, it's 38 games. So if you really want to do the math and put it into like a major league season, that's a really good total that he's got. So he's a six seven two two twenty plus kind of guy, first baseman. I mean, if I'm an MLB team, I'm looking at this kid because he is he can pretty much do it all. And I mean, for Michigan State baseball, their hitting has been unreal up and down the entire lineup mitch jab trent farquard jack frank casey mays like literally everyone on the field can hit so that's why they've been a lot of fun they give up a lot of runs as well for pitching but their hitting has really kept them in the um big 10 season they got a big northwestern series coming up so we'll have to see how they handle that it's six, six, seven, two, twenty-ish. Like, does he want to be like our fifteenth tight end <laughs> in, in the fall? Does he no. have any interest, or, or no? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's six, seven, two, thirty. But um, funny enough, Adam Burkhorse. Right. I don't know if you remember yeah. him. Yeah, yeah of he course. used to he used to play football, and then when he got hurt last year, decided just to stick with baseball, which is a a smart decision. Yeah, um, sure. He's also like six, seven, two, thirty. So he's a big dude as well so we got actually a lot of dudes on the baseball team that have that build that could play other sports as well right man that's but awesome. no that's six seven those are crazy numbers though like, o'neill cruz out yeah, here for first base go, person raking out there yep. yeah you know yeah. Wow. owen that average is unreal no that's unbelievable that's uh that's a lot of good yeah, numbers. I, I can't yeah. believe it i mean like like i said it yesterday but it seems like obviously baseball is such a hot and cold streak kind of yeah, thing sure. where you'll go on that cold streak Dude just hasn't ever hit it like this entire year, which is gotcha. unreal. He's <laughs> leading the Big Ten in batting average. Like that's that's, that's insane. He's played like every game. So yeah, I'm sure someone will take a flyer on him. I I don't never watched the tape. Like I don't know how he hits sliders away or what his swing path is like or the exit below. But you're hitting 431. There, you figured something out. Do something right. And you could probably hit most of the pitches uh, that they're being thrown your way. I'd say so. Yeah. yeah I yeah. mean, he had like. He had another, I believe it was two hits yesterday, three runs. Like, dude does it all. Like, he literally, he doesn't get out. I don't know how you would pitch to him, honestly. You, or you don't pitch to him. Yeah. It's Fair time enough. to start going 2007 Ryan Howard and just intentionally walk him every single time. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, some teams do. They have intentionally walked him. So, I mean, what can you do? Yeah. Makes sense to me. Checks yeah. out. Well, oh, great update. Appreciate that, man. You're the best. Spartan Dog of the Week. Let's go. Over into the baseball program. I got a segment that we haven't done, I don't think, ever. But uh, you know what? At least a good conversation. Hopefully. I don't know. It, we're about to find out here. But uh, it's just fill in the blank. It's easy. It's simple. I'm just going to ask you a question. We're going to have you fill in the blank. I, that, you know, it doesn't take too much to figure out. Sounds like a plan. Xavier Tillman and Jaron Jackson Jr. being on the Grizzlies makes you feel blank. Mm. Of course, this could go outside of just them. Of course, we're proud of our Spartans. They're in the NBA playoffs. But, like, my God, are they just playing for the most hateable team that I've yes. seen yes. in my entire life? That and not for, like, fun reasons either. Like, oh, the Warriors, I hate them because they're so good and they always win. Like, yeah. nope, that's not the Grizzlies' problem. Right. <laughs> that's, that's not their issue. Yeah. <laughs> See, I was trying to think of a word that encapsulates that sort of juxtaposition between how much I want to root for these two mm -hmm. and how much I want to root for the downfall of Dylan Brooks. Correct. Yep. So, I, <laughs> yep. I'm not, I'll keep thinking of the word, but, like, like just imagine if like these two guys went somewhere like San Antonio. They're just playing for Coach Pop. It is just all business. Yep. None of the Dylan Brooks nonsense. Yeah. It's just it's just 
hooping. It'd be great. Yeah. Or if like Dylan versus Elite just backed up what he said, you know, instead of just right. like sack tapping LeBron. Like, how about and, and then just saying he's defense. not available for media, and then yet yeah, never available for the media, <laughs> and then you know after labeling himself, literally giving himself the nickname Dylan the Villain, a few months <laughs> later than being like, I don't know why everyone's making me the villain, like. Uh, gee, Dylan, I, who could have ever done this to you other than yourself? Uh, but yet, like, I never in my entire life thought that I could possibly root against a playoff team with a Spartan on it, let alone two Spartans, especially when that team is playing <laughs> against LeBron James. Like, look, I, I'm not the biggest LeBron James fan. I used to hate him with every fiber of my being, and then he won that title with the Cavs. I was yeah. like, I'm wasting my time hating him. Like, this is greatness. I got to respect right. him. But, like, still, I'm not the biggest fan. Do you know how much of a... P-R-I-C-K, you got to be for me to root against two Spartans and root for LeBron James. Well, that's what you get with the old Memphis Grizzlies team. Like, I... Yeah. They couldn't have gone anywhere else. Or Dylan... Right. Hopefully they're going to ship Dylan to, I don't know, Lithuania or yeah. Cotter in the offseason. Yeah, but no, like, he'll be on the Sangai Sarks in two years. Yeah, just... Oh, yeah, just... He'll be part of the next match-fixing scandal over there. So... Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm glad we're aligned there because yeah. it, it makes me feel filthy. Like, I feel like I got to take a shower right. saying, like, yeah, I'm rooting against, I'm openly rooting against Xavier Tillman and Jared yeah. Jackson. But, like, it, it makes me sick to my stomach to say out loud. But, like, right. I draw the line somewhere. Like, and it's I, been the worst sports villain that I've ever been yes. alive for my entire yes. life. And it was the, the shortest stint anyone's ever had <laughs> no, as a villain. Two seconds. Like, he thought <laughs> right. he was Draymond. And in, like, six weeks, the man went from absolutely yeah. just, like, needling people to being mm -hmm. a laughing stock. Yeah. And just the shortest timeline. Yeah, and I know this goes above Dylan. Like, there are five people on a basketball court, but you cannot cut WWE wrestling promos and saying, like, oh, LeBron's washed up. He didn't give me 40. I don't respect him. And then the very next quarter of basketball, <laughs> have your team score nine points. Yes. Under any circumstance, can you do that? Right. Uh, no. You yes. Can't. <laughs> I and just despise he, them. After his own comments, he himself seemed to be the most phased. Mm -hmm. and just bewildered <laughs> just looking individual on the next court on the court <laughs> yes. the next game how are you going to incite all of this chaos and then melt oh, the second the second you step on the court next the after nerve. you've incited this the nerve again this isn't like we're talking about lebron back in the day where i'm just hating on him because he just wins and i'm sick of him like no it's yeah. it's the complete opposite i would right. respect i would respect the hell out of dylan brooks if he talked this way and then backed it up but it is the complete opposite he's just going and running behind mom's legs after just being like oh take care of him i don't want to do it anymore yeah. I... speaking of <sighs> speaking of the opposite of what you would have thought okay a dynasty like the warriors yeah typically mm -hmm. that's not a team that i would like to see continue having success yeah yeah right, this right, warriors right. team though I, I can't like I, I watch them every time they're on. Yeah. It's they're homegrown guys, all of them pretty much KD was there is something to that. Right. Yeah. Like I get it. Wiggins was embedded in here, but like Sure, but that wasn't like a KD thing. Like right, I, I exactly. get okay, KD fine. I I sure. hundred percent get the hate there. Yeah. Sure. Right. And nobody just, was rooting from that one year anyway. Yeah, but that's just one title. Yeah, like exactly. they have three more other than that. It's exactly. Still continuing. Yeah. So it's so, amazing. Just hope Steph's ankles hold up. Mm -hmm. Hope um Clay keeps shooting. Um, and Draymond, I guess we'll see. His contract ends at the end of this year. We'll see yeah. what kind of terms he's looking for and if the Golden State can give it to him. But hope those guys, they, they remain intact for a few more years. Let's say, and I ask myself this all the time too, let's say Draymond went to like Clemson or mm -hmm. some random Power 5 school. 
would you still be all in on the Warriors dynasty for everything that you just said? You know, they are homegrown for the most part, besides that Kevin Durant title. Probably, like, probably not. Okay. What I would be instead is I would be simply a Steph Curry fan. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah. Not to the point where like I like stand him or anything, mm-hmm. but just simply hope for his career to continue as long as it possibly okay. can at this level. Um, but yeah, I think at, at, you add how much of an entertainment and how much of a great showman Steph is yeah. with the the uh, obviously the allegiance we have to Draymond, and sure. you add both of them together. That's when the team success element comes in at that point for me. The Draymond being an MSU Spartan really helps things. But yeah, I still think I would like them. Yeah, I mean, just a fun team because it's a complete opposite of what you know. I, sorry, I just keep on beating a dead horse. Here, but <laughs> the opposite of what Dylan Brooks is like. Draymond Green talks a ton. He also backs it up even mm-hmm. more, and I love when the athletes do that. That's mm-hmm. that's great. So mm-hmm. if you if, hey, you can be as cocky as you want, but if if you're backing it up, it's not being arrogant; it's just being correct. Right. Uh, so Draymond Green, he's on the right side of things yeah. here. So, that, so we have no word to answer your question, but we had a lot of words. <laughs> that's, yeah, uh, we feel uh, confused. Confused. That's we a feel, great we one. Feel yeah, conflicted. Another C O N word. That's our C O N F actually. Uh, yeah. Okay, we're going to head over to college football here. We're going to go to the west side of this beautiful country of ours. We're going to go to Boulder, Colorado. Mm. The way Deion Sanders is handling the transfers at Colorado is blank. Now, if you've missed anything, uh, Deion Sanders, there was a little bit of rumors that, you know, a guy or two or maybe even more that he sent to the transfer portal, he did not give their practice tape to. And, of course, that practice tape is used for these athletes to reach out to other schools being like, hey, this is what I can do on a football field. So Dion wasn't giving that film to his kids after ousting, what was it, 96 kids seemingly mm-hmm. out of his program. And then also he had the quote today on the McAfee show. It was, hey, if I'm going to move beautiful furniture into this house, I got to get rid of the old tattered stuff or something like that. It's like, okay, like we, Dion, we get it now. Like we understand that you think the players are trash. Yeah. And they are. They went 1-11 last right. year. Like you, maybe, God, and, and now I'm just, now I'm just old guy yelling at Cloud. You can handle it with a little more... Yes. What's the word? Decorum? Yes. It's a big word, but yeah, like you can handle it nicer. But anyway, the question was for you. The way Dion is handling the transfers at Colorado is blank. An overkill. That's, I, I like that a lot, I, actually. I think... Yeah. Like, as, we get it, dude. Yeah. <laughs> as you say, they went 1-11. Yeah, yeah. They pretty much sucked. Horrible. However, they were terrible last year. However, yeah. the beauty in sports, mm-hmm. where you have metrics and you have records, yeah. and you can point to wins and losses, uh-huh. they can speak for you. You don't have to hit, you don't have to, I don't know the the, the phrase, but on the way out and kicking the door, it whatever, seems that you, easy. You get the you get the sentiment. Yeah, it seems that easy, doesn't it? You don't it? have to do that every single time you have that talk. you have a wave of transfers. So right. <laughs> yeah, and and here's the other reason it's an overkill. And, and I, I I had like a quote tweet on this the other other day. Uh-huh. There are too many kids leaving. Now, you can make the argument. It's interesting. You can make the argument that, hey, when, when we're 1 and 11, you should never say that we have too many people leaving because no one can play here. I'm in that camp. Right. I, I am. Here's the thing, though, man. Okay, educate me. If you have a kid that started all 12 games last year on a 1 and 11 team, right? Mm-hmm. Why not simply bring in guys that are better than him? Yeah. Using the spots vacated by the guys on the bottom of last year's one and eleven roster, mm-hmm. and bump that guy down to second team or third yeah. team. Yeah, they're yeah. losing too many guys that it were bad lot. players. Yeah, and you need bad players on a roster at least until year two and three. Dion has tried to wipe basically everyone that is not a good player all from the roster in year one. Yeah, what happens when six guys are injured by week three? Let's say every single kid that leaves that is a starter 
ends up having a better starter take that spot. Mm -hmm. Sure, but how is DT5 looking on your roster? And did the guy that just left... (laughs) Right, Right. exactly. (laughs) So I don't think this needed to all be done in one year. I don't see where the depth is going to be coming from. No, that's... You know what? That that is a great call. It is. But yeah, I just... I I juxtapose it with what happened here in East Lansing when Mel Tucker took over. Because look, same same circumstance. No, not as drastic as 1-11, but still... Program wasn't necessarily at the place that uh, a lot of us were accustomed to or, uh, you know, the money that he was paid to make this program. Right. He got rid of a lot of kids because he knew that they were not up to snuff to not just play Big Ten football, but a lot of these kids not even Power 5 football. He didn't have to get in front of a radio show. He didn't have to drop any line in front of a hot camera that said, oh, I'm bringing in luggage in and it's all Louie. Right. Get out of here. Like, he he knows. I guess what? The players probably know that as right. well. And, like, you're just going to go about the business as nice and as cordially as possible. Yes. So, like, yeah, say what you will about Mel Tucker, you know. But And the whole everyone was frantic about the transfer portal. Oh, my God, right. everyone's leaving. But, like, no, they had to leave. Right. They had to leave if you wanted to play competitive Big Ten football. Right. We're still, God, just feeling the repercussions of those late st- – anyway, I'm not going to get into that. If, um, if Dion yeah, De- you know had as many people leave as Mel did in year one, mm-hmm. or if Dion simply was – less vocal about it either one of those two things i think people would have had a very different perception yeah but having 60 people leave in one off season i don't and know if- then saying like oh and right. by the way in case all those kids don't feel bad enough yes they're trash i would right. i would literally rather take that sewer rat on my team yes. than that tight end i just got rid of like right yeah, that's a little too much right. dip on the chip i think yeah that's <laughs> i agree so yeah. one or the other like either you can be vocal which i don't see the need for that if you're a head there's coach there's no need but if you're going to be vocal, yeah. at least like don't have the numbers that obviously back it up and, and you still feel the need to be vocal. Yeah. Like have a happy medium of departures and do it over two years, but he just gutted the whole roster and I don't know if they're going to have any depth, but we'll see. We'll yeah. find out. Kicked everyone out of his party and then like made sure to light their cars on fire too as they <laughs> left the house. Just <laughs> really rubbing salt in the wound. So, man, I, I don't know. Maybe this is just just old curmudgeon sport-talking head that, oh, he's being mean – I'm sorry, like that. It seems a little too much now, just a little too much. So that's that's what I had to fill in the blank right there. Just wanted to get those two topics because uh, yeah, those have been irking me this week. Just just Dylan Brooks and Deion Sanders, right? Who'd have thought? Yeah, <laughs> who'd have thought? Yeah, covered a wide array of topics with those two. Who gets your goat more, Dylan Brooks or Deion Sanders? Probably Dylan Brooks yeah, for sure. It's not even I, I liked Dion and wanted Dion to succeed until yeah. this whole yeah, it was way fun. he's gone about this vocally. And, and he, you know, like, look, I, I could forget about this all, like, maybe in a few months. I'm just saying, yeah. like, this most recent news cycle. Right. And also, if, if I could just keep going here, <laughs> the, the spring game clip of uh, Shadur Sanders throwing the touchdown pass to Travis Hunter, I'm going tinfoil hat conspiracy <laughs> that, like, they told ESPN before the game, like, hey, we're going to have this touchdown. We're going to clip this. We're going to post it everywhere to get more excitement around our program. Make sure Chris Fowler really reaches back because there wasn't a defensive back within 20 yards of Travis Hunter when that ball was snapped. I just like the whole thing was just fishy to me. Yeah. So anyway, just want to make sure I look back, as weird as possible before and we the end the show. the defensive back that was the closest, mm-hmm. which was 25 feet away. Looked like me. I, that looked was, like me out there. That was word for word what I was going to say. Five foot seven, a buck 60, and just like this. <laughs> I think it makes us all shorter every show that we talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, yeah, dude, like, it, it looked like just some frat brother playing right. defensive back. Like, yeah. So, I don't know, man. Yeah, before we end the show, I just wanted to make sure I sound, yeah. like, as batty of a conspiracy theorist as possible in saying that, yeah, the, the Sanders and Travis Hunter spring game touchdown, something seemed a little fishy there to me. <laughs> so, yeah. Next week, I'll just dump all my conspiracy theories on you. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. Sounds good. We'll talk about the moon landing. Moon landing. Uh, Finland's not a country. Yeah. 
Oh, All the good stuff. I don't. I'm not familiar with that line of thinking. No, I read that on Reddit once, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm sold." Reddit. B- blindly sold. Reddit. Matt, this week, tomorrow. Really quick, yeah. Thursday, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tomorrow, yeah. Owen's probably screaming at the other end. Would you guys just end the show already? But no, can't can't be done. No. <laughs> Wait, did I did I say the draft was 48 hours away in the, on the onset of the show? Oh snap! It's 24 hours away. 24 hours. Right. So I'm issuing a retroactive correction there. Rot-row. But 24 yeah. hours from now, yeah. we're going to see the Reddit-fueled Will Levis go number one, allegedly. No, we're probably not going to see that. But for those that missed it, Good. two days ago, yeah. we all went to sleep. Will Levis, the rumors were starting that he's going to go number two. It is what it is. That was crazy in its own regard, and it's probably going to happen. But I made peace with that. Mm-hmm. Went to sleep knowing... All is mostly right in the world. Will Levis is going to go at most number two. I wake up the next morning. The odds have gone from 50 to 1 to 25 to 1 to 10 to 1 to 4 to 1. Mm-hmm. All while I was sleeping. Mm-hmm. To Will Levis being the number one overall pick. Yep. All because someone posted on Reddit that he had told family members he was expecting to go to Carolina. Sensational. There's nothing like this week. No, that's why I said the yeah. three best days of the year are maybe the three days leading up to the draft. It's, it's incredible. What do you expect to happen, Matt, in terms of the number two pick? And then I also want to ask you what the lines are going to do. But what what do you think is going to happen with that second pick? Uh, really quick, just because I don't know anything about the draft. No, like here's like I do do a lot of reading on the NFL draft, but everything I say is wrong. But like, so I might as well just go for it. <laughs> Same with Mel Kiper, Anthony Richardson, mm. number two to the Texans. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm expecting. I would yeah. rather have that if I'm the Texans than what they're going to do. One thousand percent. Yeah. 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 Yep. What I have what I have seen from the Athletic and their reporting is that their GM Nick Casario really wants to take a quarterback. Yeah. And their coaching staff is very anti quarterback. Oh good. So <laughs> great. So awesome. It, it, it appears that Tyree Wilson <sighs> might be the guy who goes number two overall. And it also appears that number three, Arizona, yeah. if they had their pick between Tyree Wilson and Will Anderson. They prefer Tyree Wilson over Will Anderson. Yeah. So everything we had known for the first, I don't know, 95% of the draft cycle, oh, yeah. yep. all of it has gone out the window. It has. And somehow, some way, Will Anderson, CJ Stroud may not even go top three. Oh, CJ Stroud's a day three pick now. Yeah, CJ Stroud's yeah. going to be a UDFA getting yeah. a call after Daniel Barker. Yes. Before this new cycle pick, is. Pick 198 yeah. to the 49ers. Uh, CJ Stroud, you are a 49ers. Yeah, I, I don't know what's going on there. They're going to find his, like, fourth grade standardized test and they're gonna bump yes. him down a couple more rounds dude it's it's terrible what's happening to, to him but um really quick before we sign off i just got to get this out there uh we're, hopefully we can clip this before the the show but uh okay took my kid to the park today oh elementary school it was great uh we were excited to play in the swings the slides uh you know he just loves going out there okay you know who we saw out there we saw tyree wilson and will anderson out there Tyree holding the gas can, dowsing the entire play structure with gasoline, and then Will Anderson striking as many matches as humanly possible, lighting the entire play structure on fire. Can you believe that? That's what I saw with my own two eyes. All right, end clip. Matt, you know what I would do if I he saw that? Fell, both of them just fell to six and 18 I, for Exactly. Yeah. I was going to say, I would see that, and I would say to myself, these guys are not worthy of a top five pick. Correct. They're worthy of the sixth pick or lower. That is correct. Yep. 
depth, and they're yeah. and they're just so uh, uncharacteristic off the field. You can't trust them. That maybe even eighteen for one of these guys too. <laughs> I'm just saying. So it'll be interesting to see what Detroit does. I think you guys are I'm in thrilled. a good spot. I'm thrilled. You guys yeah. are in a good spot. I know. It's it's God. That I, I love that Stafford trade. It's fun having a top ten pick and also having a good team. Yeah, the it's fact very that, weird. The <laughs> fact that Will yeah. Levis. Uh, Kentucky Carson Wentz has gotten pushed yeah. <laughs> all the way up this board this high. That only helps Detroit. Yeah, it does. It, yeah, 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 it does. I'm excited. I'm yeah, excited. it's going to be fun. Yep. Who, I mean, is there anybody in this draft that you just absolutely despise the hype they're getting? Or I guess you feel is very under um, getting praise. Oh, the the, uh, the guy that we've been talking about the entire time, Will Levis. I just don't understand it. Right. I, I truly don't understand it. Which congratulations, Will Levis, on a Hall of Fame career. Because, dude, my <laughs> my track record with predicting who's going to be good in the NFL at the quarterback position and who's not is like a, a, a one hit to a ninety nine miss ratio. It's it's terrible. Joe Burrow's like the only one I got right, and like <laughs> who who didn't expect this out of Joe Burrow? But like, yeah, I said Zach Wilson was going to be the best quarterback in his class. When Paxton Lynch got drafted, I said, yeah, that's the <laughs> best quarterback. In his class. Dude, I'm terrible at quarterback evaluations. So yeah, I think Levis is going to be a bust. So with that said, yeah, he's he's going to have a ring on his finger here within five years. Yeah, yeah. For me, Clyde Jacansi, defensive okay. tackle. That's a popular name there. Yeah, I like yeah. that. I like that. Yeah, he's a guy that. His arms, I think, are 30, 30 inch arms. Okay. For those that don't know, that is allegedly very, very, very short. Yeah. It is to the point where there is not a single defensive tackle that has that arm length or shorter that has ever made a Pro Bowl. Oh, okay. The only huh. similar kind of comparison that you can recall to somebody like that is well, people won't even really know this guy, but I think it was a fifth round pick a few years ago out of Washington, Elijah Qualls no longer in the league sure you're shrugging so that tells you <laughs> you that tells you it's not a great kind of a bucket I have no to idea be what you're in. talking about but yeah we there used to be some guys like grady jared and stuff that were in the very very shorter bucket and they had some concerns but they carved out careers but they were longer um so i hope the eagles don't pick him at 30 i hope the eagles don't pick lucas van ness at okay. number 10 um i think he's a guy that is two years away and at least the teams that are mocked in that range they don't need a guy that's going to need take two years to develop not very pro lucas van ness a few guys that i think that a team would really benefit from having that's very undervalued would be a brian branch brian branch is a perfect example of what happens in the draft process three to four months ago brian branch towards the end of the college football season they were like oh the best tackling safety we've ever seen statistically pro football focus said if he was a linebacker he would be the best tackling linebacker in the pff era he's a safety Okay. So everyone was all in on Brian Shoot. Branch going anywhere from like four to twelve. Yeah. Then you fast forward two months, Matt, to the combine. He ran a little slow. Suddenly everyone said, Oh, he's a second round pick. Then people thought for three, four more weeks, so like, all right, no, we really knocked him down. Let's meet in the middle. He'll go in the twenties. For the same guy that everyone was convinced the last time he played football was anywhere from four to twelve. So that's how the process goes. I hope the Eagles somehow end up with Brian Branch. That's a guy that's really undervalued, and this is mainstream, but Tajay Spears, big fan of Tajay Spears. Um, he yeah. has some medical history that allegedly that uh, scouts are saying are um, concerning. But Medical schmedical. Yeah, who cares? You don't need to be healthy to play football. No. Um, but, yeah, so there's, there's going to be some exciting opportunities for some teams to get some day two and three guys because even though the top of this draft isn't as good as it usually is, this is a pretty deep class in a lot of positions. Tackle is very thin. Defensive tackle, I should say. Um, corner has a drop off. Safety is not very good at all. Center is low, but every position I didn't name, 
tight end especially. I know the Lions might need a tight end. Yep. Um, Dalton Kincaid. Let's yeah. get popping. Edge. Edge yep. has, a, has a deep draft. Running back, one of the best drafts that there's been in a while. Yeah, solid. So it'll yeah. be a fun draft. A lot of volatility. It will. I, it's it's going to be a fun next few days, man. Yeah. So, but, gang. That does it. We landed the plane again, Justin. We did it somehow. Once again. Turbulent at the end, as always, which is fun. I like it. You need a little turbulence to wake up, you know? That's it's, it's nice. So, everyone, Owen especially, love yes. you, Owen. You're the greatest producer ever. Thank you so much, all the listeners, the viewers of SD4L. You guys are the best. Let's go have a great week. Let's go enjoy the draft. Yeah. Let's get it popping. That does it. Please close your eyes, turn around, and count to nine. When you open them, I will be gone. Okay, nine. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply.